Shalom Lechem Abayi This week, Be'ez Hashem, we'll be reading Parashas Matas Matzai and finishing Sefer Bamidbar. Now, Parashas Matzai, the Torah talks about the Ari Miklat. There were 42 Ari Miklat, and there were six <coughs> that were near the Eva Hayardain, where the Bnei God of Reuven uh, took his land they made a whole condition with Moshe Rabbeinu that they would come and tear it to Israel to fight with Klai Yisrael when Klai Yisrael had to come and tear it to Israel and that they would set up their their families outside on the uh, outskirts of Israel where there was a good place for their cattle to be able to graze and the land was good there and they preferred to stay there. So in the Arya Miklat, all the Arya Miklat for if a person killed someone, so if a person kills someone the mazed, he did not go to the Mikvot. Mazed means purposely, intention. If a person kills someone without intention, for example, a person's in the middle of of using an axe to chop down a tree, and then the the uh, edge, the end of the axe goes flying and kills somebody, but it wasn't done with intention. So that's b'shaygik. The Gemara Makis gives a little different, learns out a little different drushes to tell you when you're chayiv b'shaygeg, when you're not chayiv b'shaygeg. B'shaygeg, a person does not get killed for that. A person gets sent into Gullus. He sent, gets sent into exile in Tzadariya Miklot. And if he doesn't go to Tzadariya Miklot, then it could be a sakana for him because the relatives of the person who got killed accidentally Halachically, allowed to take revenge for the relative that was killed. But as long as the person who killed the Shaigeg goes into the Aramiklat, then he's safe. And he has to stay there until the whoever happens to be the present Kain Gadol is, is, uh, is Nifter. As long as the Kain Gadol is alive, then the person who killed the Shaigeg has to stay there forever. And uh, until until the until the, the, the entire time until the kangal dies, and that's why the Gemara talks about the fact that the mothers of the kangal used to bring the people that were in Gullahs, They used to in the Ayvikla used to bring them special things in order not to, in order they shouldn't die that their son should die because then they would not adults. <coughs> now these are, so like we mentioned the Ayvikla was a place for people that killed the shaygik killed accidentally. Now, the Rebbeinu Bechaya points out a very important point. Um, it really, he really alludes to a question. He's asking a question that when it comes down to it, both the person who killed the Shaygeg and the person that killed the Mezid, right, they did the same action. They killed somebody. So why is there a different punishment or why is there a different din for somebody who killed the Shaygeg more than somebody who killed the At the end of the day, somebody that was killed, somebody's going to be buried now, a family has to sit shiva, and a family member was lost, and whether it was done b'shaygeg or it was done b'nezid, what's the difference? That's the question which the uh, Rebbein Mechaya is trying to answer. Now, he's not really asking a question, he wants to point out a point. The Russian Rebbein Mechaya is Ba'adin this din teaches us the heart of a person, his his heart, his, his intention, and his desire, what he wants to do, that's the ikr of a person. The ikr kol ha-mitzvahs v'chol ha-meris. 
and it's the main point of a mitzvah and a beris. It really depends where your lave is, where your heart is, what you really want to do, what your intention is. And that makes the whole difference. It's true the same action happened that somebody was killed in both cases. But the person is is judged and the person is is uh, is is <coughs> the punishment or or the reward so and so is determined based on a person's input and where his lave was. So a person, let's say, killed Bashaigeg, even though he killed the person, but he doesn't want to kill the person and he 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 has such regret and he has such sorrow and he, he wishes it never happened. Whereas the person who did it to Mazid, he's very excited about the fact that he killed somebody. It's something that he wanted to do. Now here the Rebbein Bahaya tells us something very important. He says, It's like the same thing applies when it comes to a person doing mitzvahs. Everything is dependent on a person's heart. person does a mitzvah, he doesn't have an intention with his heart, and he's not with it, he's not excited, he's not part of the mitzvah, to do it for the intention for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He doesn't really get, he doesn't get schar for that, I'm not saying, I don't think it means he doesn't get any schar, but, this, but the reward that he thinks he's going to get, just for doing an empty action without his heart, that's not, that the, you know, there's not much schar for that. The person has to have kavana to do to do mitzvahs shemayim for, for Hashem's sake to be able to be with an excitement and fervor and excitement when he does a mitzvah. What does it mean? lifting his hands. It means the kavana, the intention, like the pasuk says, the son of Avenu. Al Kapayim. So Melch was 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 requesting that his heart should be there in the midst of that, that he's doing, lift the, and and to be to the excitement that he has in, uh, by doing mitzvahs. So here the Ben Machai is telling us that just like you see when a person kills, the fact that he did it without intention, without his heart wanting to be there, that makes it something which is not as he's not responsible for, and therefore he goes into gullus. He doesn't. He doesn't get punished for that with the punishment of 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 being high visa or so on and so forth. You can't punishment whatever the whatever the punishments are in Shemayim. When a person he has to go to Dallas because it's something that did happen, right? But but it, the fact that he did it without intention and without his heart that makes the whole difference. Now, Avraham Kalimstein brings a Maisa with with Ravel the Pian Satzal to illustrate this point. Uh, Pian was very close to the close to, was the very close to the Mashkech of Panovich of Chatzko Levenstein. One time, Ravelli Pian, who was the Mashkech of Karachasidim, came to to Machaber uh, Level Yo, came to Panovich to see Rabbi Chatzko Levenstein. And he spent some time talking to him. Before he's about to leave, Rabbi asked him, Asked him, Ravella, you know, maybe you'll say some divrei chizuk to the Talmudim. So he got up and he says, you know, Rabbi said, I want to tell you a story. You know, I'm sure you've heard that over the years, over the over the, over the centuries, there were different generations where Klayusol would get into trouble with blood libels. That the Goyim would try to frame the Yidden 
tried to frame, frame Kal Yisrael by telling them that before Pesach, when they would have to make their matzahs, they would they would they would claim that the Kal Yisrael Yidden were killing Goyim in order to take their blood in order to be able to bake the matzahs. And this was something which got uh, made a lot of trouble for Kal Yisrael over the years. At one time, there was a story that there was a certain city, certain place, that the um, there was a guy that was found ere Pesach in the courtyard of a of a, of a yid, dead, lying on the floor, dead. So everybody went, all the people in the city went, you see, there it goes, it's before Pesach, it's before the their, their holiday, and they took they killed this person in order for them to be able to be able to take the blood and to be able to bake, you know, bake, you know, to bake the matzahs and to be able to do different things. And the person who was ro- ruling over that city, he stood up to them and he said, "Who says? Who says that they that they, that these Jews really killed them? Right? Maybe, perhaps it was a guy that killed them." So now everyone in the city answered back, but take a look which which person's chutz or which person's courtyard he's being found in right now. He's in the courtyard of a yid. How can you tell us it was a guy? So it's okay. Maybe a guy killed him and, and, and killed him in the chutz or threw him into the chutz. Who says that this was done by them? That you're going ahead and you're, and you're saying that they're the ones that did this? Who says? It's hard to be believed, to believe in the first place that people do such a thing. But how could you, how, how do you know this is true? Just because you found this body over here. So okay, so how what are we supposed to do? And I said this person's found dead over what should we do? She says, I have a way to be able to tell. We'll bring dogs that know how to sniff out the smell, and we'll see where the dog goes to after it, 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 it sniffs it sniffs on the, this body. If it goes into the city and it goes into the into, into the town, it goes into a house, it goes into someplace over there. So we'll know it came from this city, and if that's the case, we're going to send everybody from this city into exile, and the family that it goes to, we're going to kill the whole family. But if it goes out of the city, then that tells me that they were not the ones responsible for this. So everybody was like, okay, well, we accept that. But the Eden of the town were very, very nervous because they realized that that this, the whole, their whole fate and the whole future was was really depend, dependent on some level on how this dog would would uh, react, and that was a very frightening thing to them. So they were machazik very strongly in tefillah, Hakadosh Baruch that Hakadosh Baruch should be able to exactly that the dog shouldn't do something that's going to be uh, make a mistake to go. They knew that they didn't kill anybody. They knew that there was no there was no killing one, but they didn't want that there should be a kitch or some type of thing that the sun could start uh, making a kitch in Shemayim, and, and therefore. You know, the dog who wanted doing something, and Pastor Shalom, innocent people should be killed. They were davening and davening and davening. And finally, the fateful day came where they brought the father, brought the dog, and the dog comes up to the body and starts to sniff the body. And it's going back and round and round the body, sniffing it and sniffing it. Everybody's getting impatient. Oh, where are you going to go? Are you going to go inside? Are you going to go outside? What are you going to do? And the dog is like taking its patience and walking around until finally, after a while, the dog goes and goes out of the city. And the Yidin was so happy, they made a big yump at that, they were all excited about it. That was a story, Baruch Hashem, they didn't get killed. 
So Avelia Penn stopped and turned to the Talmudian in front of him. She said, Rabbi let me ask you a shayla. This caliph, right, what, what reward are we going to give this caliph over here? What's tzachar? Right, like we know that the, the, uh, there's a certain tzachar that was given to the, to the dogs when they went out of Mitzrayim, and the, and the dogs didn't, didn't bark at that point. So there was tzachar that was given to the behemoth, the, you know, the, the, the basa treifa that goes to the dog, right? So what's the, over here, we're asking a little plan, what reward do you think we can give to this dog? When I give Marlon Haba? Like that's, <laughs> what are we going to give to this dog? Right? You should be able to get this. He's not going to get Alam Haba for this. Right? Because when he did this thing over here, he just did this thing based out of his natural instincts. That a dog is trained to be able to smell a certain thing and to follow the instincts. He didn't do this with any intention. When he ran out of the city, he wasn't over there with intention. I'm going here to save these hidden over here. I'm having a thing in mind. He did things based on instinct. So therefore, when the, person, when the dog is doing something on instinct, he's not really doing anything. Explains a little bit When a person does mitzvahs, and he just does it without, out of, out of, out of instinct or out of, out of habit. But he's not really living the mitzvah. He's not trying to, 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 to be connected to the mitzvah. So then that's like just doing it out of habit. It's not really doing the mitzvah. Again, Rashbokhu gives char for the act, for the pa'ula, for the action that's done. But it's very, very minimal. When a person goes ahead and puts his whole heart into it, like Rabbeinu Mechaya said before, the whole difference between the person who killed Bashai and came amazed is the person's intention, just like that by Mitzvah as well. A person does it with his kavana, with his heart. That makes the whole difference in the Mitzvah. That's something which we need to be able to learn, especially now when we're holding out the, the first of the Gimel Shavuot, the three weeks before Tisha B'Av. When we have to prepare ourselves a little bit, as Hashem, hopefully, we should be zayichah. The tishah should be a chag. But as long as we we don't have that Yeshua, we have to prepare ourselves a little bit. But when we prepare ourselves, we're going through the three weeks, and the person's not listening to music, and the person's not taking haircuts, and is and minimizing the things that we're doing b'simcha when the person becomes rosh chodesh av, and we 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 up the level of the things that we restrict ourselves in, and as we get closer and closer. But if a person just goes through the motions, goes through the actions without his heart, without his feelings, like Chazal tells us, Rahman by the Torah wants to see our hearts. He doesn't want to just see empty actions. The Torah wants to see our connection. It wants to see our love. It wants to see our desire to be able to, to, to the Hashemach wants to see our desire to be able to do the mitzvahs. And if we go ahead and we try to instill this into our Vedas Hashem, into our tefillah and come to Davin, it should just be an empty action. We're just slapping on our tefillah on, on our arms and our heads and just, you know, mumbling a couple of words coming out of our mouth. But we take the tefillah and we internalize it, putting the tefillah shalyan, tefillah on our hands and our head and we connect ourselves to our tefillah with that ice of tefillah. And we, we, we do all the mitzvahs, we work on them to fill our desire. And be able, with the same way, being able to internalize what it means that we don't have a basic mikdash, 
And what it would mean, to, uh, how much it, mean, it should mean to us that we should want to see that Geula. When HaKadosh Baruch sees that heart, that person is not just doing the action of that heart, that would be better than Hashem is for us to see the Geula Shleva the Meira Yamein as Hashem. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos and Tov and good Chaydesh.